Omicron panic continues, the Biden administration and their bureaucratic minions continue to implement new draconian public health mandates. Resistance to vaccine mandates continues to grow in the U.S. and around the world. But friends, it is time for Hold the Line. Welcome to Hold the Line. I'm Buck Sexton. They're going for it. Preemptive COVID measures. I've been saying this for months. They're not even going to wait to see how well the vaccines hold up before they mandate boosters. That's right, mandatory boosters. Mandates for all businesses here in New York City. This is just a step shy, really, of the complete madness we are seeing in Australia. Here is the mayor of New York, the worst mayor in America, perhaps one of the worst in the world, we'd have to check, Bill de Blasio, announcing his sweeping new mandates that affect businesses, children, boosters. Check it out. We've got Omicron as a new factor. We've got the colder weather, which is going to really create additional challenges with the Delta variant. We've got holiday gatherings. We in New York City have decided to use a preemptive strike to really do something bold to stop the further growth of COVID and the dangers it's causing to all of us. So as of today, we're going to announce a first in the nation measure. Our health commissioner will announce a vaccine mandate for private sector employers across the board. All private sector employers in New York City will be covered by this vaccine mandate as of December 27th. We're going to have some other measures as well to really focus on maximizing vaccination quickly so we can get ahead of Omicron and all mm-hmm. the other challenges we're facing right now with COVID. Get ahead of it? There's so, there's so much here. First of all, we don't even know enough about Omicron to know whether we should be taking any additional steps whatsoever. If anything, what we know so far is that it is likely to be milder than Delta based on the preliminary data of how sick people with Omicron get. Okay, so this panic seems completely out of place with what the facts actually, the data actually tells us. But beyond that, all private businesses, the mayor must know that there are large double-digit percentages of different demographics in the city of New York that currently aren't vaccinated to the point where they would pass his test, which means what, they're all going to get fired? The city's going to sue them into oblivion? Vaccine mandates for children 5 to 11? Boosters mandated within two weeks? You're going to have to get a booster shot? Some people just got their shots a month or two ago. Now they have to get a booster? How the hell is that going to work? I mean, it's just crazy, folks. These people have lost their minds. It doesn't matter what we see. It doesn't matter that every time they tell us to do something because the following will happen, and it doesn't happen the way they say it will, they're always wrong, and they say, oh, well, do more of what we told you. Speaking of do more of what we told you that was wrong, there's nobody that exemplifies that more than the evil tyrant healthcare smurf Fauci, who's out there saying, yeah, you know how we ban travel from some, South Af- from some countries in Southern Africa? Um, we're going to get rid of those bans, you know, in a reasonable amount of time. Watch. Well, Jake, that ban was done at a time when we were really in the dark. We had no idea what was going on, except that there seemed to have been an explosion of cases of Omicron in South Africa. So when the ban was put on, it was put to give us time to figure out just what is going on. Now, as you mentioned, as we're getting more and more information about cases in our own country and worldwide, We're looking at that very carefully on a daily basis. Hopefully, we'll be able to lift that ban within a quite reasonable period of time. I mean, we we all feel very badly 
about the hardship that that might have put upon not only South Africa, but the other African countries. And for that reason, in real time, literally on a daily basis, we're reevaluating that. We're reevaluating that policy. Within a reasonable amount of time, we're reevaluating. It's a stupid policy. It was stupid when they announced it. It's stupid now. So what, what's a reasonable amount of time to get rid of a stupid policy? See, here's the problem. For the libs, it's never dumb enough. It's never enough stupid things that will not work. They always want more of these things that have not worked, and they want you to do it or else, right? Now, we, we've been talking about this for a long time. If you're at high risk for COVID, if you're 65 or over, if you have comorbidities, get the shot. If you're over 50, you should probably give real thought to it. And if you want to get the shot, get the shot at any age. But giving it to five-year-olds? Mandatory? Mandating boosters for people who might already have had COVID and have already gotten a series of shots? Now you're going to make them take more shots? These people are out of their minds. Well, actually, no. They think it's not enough. Here's MSNBC with one of their idiot hosts. We're still losing 3,000 Americans to COVID twice a week. But oh no, this time it's all about freedom and liberty. This time we can't even accept the mildest of safety measures. We're not asking for Americans to be surveilled or detained without trial. We're asking them to wear a mask and get vaccinated. And I, for one, am not going to take lectures about liberty and freedom from the party that implemented the Patriot Act and sent people to Guantanamo Bay. The same people who today think mandating a shot in the arm after 786,000 Americans have been killed by a virus is somehow totalitarian. The great irony is that the measures announced by Joe Biden in recent days to fight COVID and specifically Omicron, they're not tough enough. They're pretty mild by international standards. And some might say too little, too late. By the way, he's completely cherry picking there when he says they're mild by international standards. There are European countries that have never masked up children in schools and have shut down their schools for far fewer days than we have, for example. We're still masking kids in New York City. It's completely insane. There's no reason for this. It's child abuse. What are we doing, friends? We're now mandating boosters for everybody, too. At least in New York, they are. We think it's going to come to other blue states. The Biden administration is trying to push a federal vaccine mandate. You think they're going to let that go? Even if they lose in the courts, they'll try a different version of it. These people are out of their minds. And it hasn't stopped it. They keep saying, look at how many people have died. Yeah. And we've done all the stupid dance with the, with the masking and the social distancing and the wiping down your groceries. We, we went through all this craziness. Remember, we needed a, a million ventilators, they told us. Then we found out that ventilators were actually an absolute last resort. You really don't want to put people on them because if you do, they probably are never coming off them. And why are the cases so high? Haven't we gotten huge numbers of people vaccinated? Wasn't this vaccine amazing? Wasn't it at the end of the pandemic? Weren't you done? Rochelle Walensky, the head of the CDC, said if you, if you get vaccinated, you don't get it, you don't spread it. That's what they were telling us six months ago. Well, now here's something from ABC News up in Vermont. Vermont reported 643 new COVID-19 cases on Sunday, a single day record for Vermont. One more person has died, bringing the total number of fatalities of the pandemic to 471. Keep in mind, Vermont is setting records for cases, and it is the most highly vaccinated state in the entire country. So this is not just like red states where people won't get the shot. Vermont is highly vaccinated and COVID's bouncing all over the place. Here's the director for infectious disease research and policy, Dr. Osterholm, saying we're seeing a lot of increases in cases. So what's the answer? Of course, vaccination. These numbers are increasing. We're seeing the expansion of uh, increased cases throughout the Northeast. Uh, we're beginning to see in these other states, again, a, a turnaround. We don't know, John, why these surges occur. 
we do know once they start, vaccination levels will be a big determinant of how much impact they have. But when they start and stop, we don't know. The second thing is we really have two different kinds of surges right now. Remember this past summer when we saw in the Deep South, case numbers went up very quickly, and then they came down relatively quickly. Mm -hmm. Whereas if you're in a state like Minnesota right now, we saw our cases go up in September. They came down a little bit in early October, but they went right back up again. And we've been in a surge really for the last 12 weeks. This is much more like we see in the United Kingdom. So uh, this virus is doing what it's doing, and we in many cases can't uh, tell you why it's doing it. We can tell you one thing, vaccination, vaccination, vaccination is what makes the difference as to how many people are seriously ill and how many die. They got a lot of things they can't tell you answers to. Right now, the vaccine is seemingly useful for one thing, and that is lowering the risk of hospitalization, lowering the risk of death. That's important, but that's not what we were told that we all need to get the shot for. We were told it was going to stop the spread. That component of the vaccination campaign is a failure. That is a failure right now. Let's all call it what it is. All right, now New York City has completely lost its mind with the most stringent, strictest vaccination requirements in the entire nation coming out in the next two weeks. We'll talk about that with Republican gubernatorial candidate Lee Zeldin, also a member of Congress. Right now, I want to talk to you about my friends at My Digital Money. The crypto market is heating up. People who want to get in on this for the first time got to know where to start. That's where my digital money comes in. If you want to buy Bitcoin, Ethereum, Dogecoin, any of these digital tokens out there, you need to know where you begin and you need a place you can trust. That's what you get with my digital money. It's an easy to use self-trading crypto IRA platform with concierge customer service. This is one of the few US-based crypto companies that'll answer your phone call and help you get started. Your comfort and security is their top priority. Look, when it comes to your money and the crypto markets, you need a team of dedicated professionals who are going to speak to you honestly. That's what you'll get with my digital money. Go to MyDigitalMoney.com. Again, MyDigitalMoney.com. Congressman Lee Zeldin stops by when we come back. Earlier this morning, New York City Mayor Bill de Blasio announced a sweeping vaccine mandate for all private sector employees, the first and most expansive mandate in the country. De Blasio, who leaves office on January 1st, says the new mandate is not only necessary, but vital encouraging other cities to enact similar measures. Watch. This would be my advice to mayors, governors, CEOs all over the country. Use these vaccine mandates. And the more universal they are, the more likely employees will say, okay, it's time. I'm going to do this because you can't jump from one industry to another or one company to another. It's something that needs to be universal to protect all of us. Joining me now with Reaction, New York Republican gubernatorial candidate and member of Congress, Representative Lee, Lee Zeldin. Uh, Congressman, good to see you. It's great to see you again. What do you make of this? Because I got to tell you, I woke up this morning, I saw the announcement, I knew I had heard about it for days. Uh, I mean, I was furious. What do you think about all this? Yeah, same here. You have a, a lame duck who far, far left ideology on his way out. Uh, there's a new mayor coming in uh, at, at the end of this month. Uh, he has a de Blasio knows best approach to governance. There is no limit to how much government can assert control over the, the lives of individuals, businesses, and other entities. You've already punished NYPD, FDNY, and others. Healthcare workers in New York City have been fired. They've all went from heroes to zeros. And now this wholesale uh approach towards all of private business 
is going to end up leading to even more uh, employees out of work and including a lot of minorities, a lot of low income, New York City residents, businesses choosing to flee. And the consequences of this is devastating. And you you ask yourself, like, what end? Because people, you know, if, if you just continue to enact new restrictions on individual liberty and there's no end in sight, what are they going to do next? De Blasio clearly is trying to punish. This is punitive. Uh, it's out of touch. And now he wants to be governor. This new mandate goes into effect on December 27th in New York City, just four days before de Blasio becomes the former mayor, thank God. But I mean, why is he doing this? Like, what are the politics of this for him? He, he thinks he's going to be governor, right? Yeah, de Blasio is, is someone actually who feels like he should be president. Uh, so you know, he would just be briefly ascending to the governor's position on his way to the White House. Uh, you know, listen, I mean, I, I don't even know how the guy got elected mayor in the first place. He is a, a Red Sox fan, got elected mayor of New York City. He, he manages to go to an NYPD uh, a funeral and there'll be thousands of officers who will turn their back on him. But he's worked out the ability to then get in his car, go down the block to a BLM rally, and they'll all turn their back on him as well. I mean, he's uniquely figured out how to alienate absolutely everyone. What you know, Our own polling, others polling, the guy's like 40 points underwater. People just don't like him. They're done with him. And this is a reminder. I mean, he can't get out of office fast enough. So just on, on the basis for all this, uh, Congressman Zeldin, it's the Omicron variant that's driving a lot of this, right? There's also Delta and the rest of it out there, but the new push seems to be uh, very much focused in on, on, on Omicron. There are eight cases so far of Omicron in New York State established, seven of them in New York City. So why are we, why are we seeing this as a moment where we need even more stringent measures there's no, there's no basis for Omicron as yet, we haven't seen this yet, more dangerous. Yeah, Buck, your, your point is important. And this is something that de Blasio specifically is mentioning as a mean reason why he is doing this. And as we've seen over the course of the years, the decades, when certain illnesses end up with mutations, the next strain trying to survive is actually more mild. It's weaker than the strain that it used to be. Now, what we would hope for is that if people are coming down uh, with COVID because of this new strain, that it is in fact, that science would back up that it's milder. That's what we would hope for. Uh, But unfortunately, it's like people uh, like de Blasio almost like want it to impact us as justification to assert more economic controls over how businesses operate, over housing, uh, to be able to spend more money, to institute more of their far left agenda. And hopefully Omicron is going to be disappointing for somebody like de Blasio because it's going to be uh, more mild. What you're seeing is a desire to have science follow politics as opposed to politics following the science. The New York City mandate, by the way, to to just bring everyone up to speed on it, the vaccine mandate expansion includes mandate for all private sector workers, children 12 and older required two vaccine doses, up from one for indoor dining, fitness, and entertaining. Children five through 11 required at least get one vaccine dose for indoor dining, fitness, and entertainment. Uh, Congressman, I just wanna know, I mean, there are people that have made plans 
to visit New York City, not just from across the country, but around the world. And people have already raised that in some European countries, you're not allowed to get children five to 11 vaccinated. So it's not even something they can do. But now if they were on their way to New York for the holidays, they're punished? I mean, how does this, this just seems crazy. You're right. There are people who would be traveling into New York from out of the country. You also have people traveling into New York from other parts of the country. And the reality is that economically, the city is going to suffer. Small businesses that barely survived the lockdowns originally, they're barely alive today. They already had to face the consequences of the new vaccine passport, having to deny good paying customers uh, because they didn't show their passport or because they're now they're not vaccinated. These businesses are barely uh, surviving. So huge ramifications. And you know what, some people have valid concerns and they have valid questions with regards to the vaccine. And they're talking to their doctor, their doctor is saying, you know, you just had COVID two months ago, you have a certain antibody level. There's this new uh, you know, uh, peer reviewed survey out from the Cleveland Clinic or Israel or somewhere else saying that they might have more protection because of their natural immunity than say the Delta variant. So people have genuine, reasonable questions. And then you get people in government like Bill de Blasio, who says, you know, no questions asked, no exemptions. I'm not even listening to you. You don't even deserve answers. Kathy Hochul, the new governor of New York, has said this is a vaccine from God. She's your messenger uh, to God and that you are her apostles. Uh, and this is just a calling, no questions asked. You need I to mean, get vaccinated or you face the consequences. Hochul seems like a lunatic even on a scale that maybe outpaces de Blasio, which is shocking in many ways. She signed an executive order to postpone non-essential, non-urgent elective surgeries based on what? Why? And like de Blasio just referenced this new variant, which hopefully will in fact be milder. Uh, Hochul was also referencing this new variant. And at that time, it hadn't even hit New York State yet. And you're postponing elective surgeries that you know, this isn't some you know, desire uh, to go obtain a, a surgery that's not necessary. In many cases, you know, people are postponing necessary medical procedures that if they don't pay attention to it now, that they may end up getting worse in the future. You know, I was diagnosed with leukemia during COVID. And thank God for early detection, I had the ability to go to my medical provider. They caught it early, I, I got a second opinion, I started treatment, it, it was good how early it was caught. Uh, but I'm hearing stories from others, not just in New York, but other parts of the country, where because of these types of policies to delay that standard of care, it ends up compounding it and getting worse. We're hearing about hospitals over capacity. That's not all COVID. By the way, in one extent, it's a it's a combination of staffing shortages due to, say, the vaccine mandate, but for others postponing uh, medical needs that they should have taken care of earlier. Congressman Zeldin, got to leave it there. Thank you so much for being with us. Appreciate it. You got it, Buck. Chris Cuomo's tenure at CNN comes to an inglorious end as the company announces they've terminated the primetime host, but that might not be the end of the story. We come back, iHeartRadio talk show host Mark Simone joins us to discuss the potential bad breakup between Cuomo and his former employer. But first, let's talk about protecting your digital footprint. Big tech is taking advantage of us. They're mining our data, remining our data, selling it. And guess what? 
We don't benefit from it whatsoever. All the while, they count their money and abuse your privacy. If you really think your emails, texts, and messages are private and safe from government hackers and two-faced profit-hungry corporations, think again. This is where Secure comes in. Secure's email platform is 100% private. It's Swiss-hosted. They have their own servers in Switzerland. They have no ties to American big tech companies. With Secure, there's no data mining whatsoever. It's completely private. This is what makes Secure different from every other email and messaging provider out there. Secure is the best email platform in the world when it comes to security and privacy. It's unmatched. Look, there's a reason Secure built their company the way they did. You gotta check them out. Secure yourself online. Use discount code BUCK and Secure will only cost you $7.50 a month for full access. I mean, come on. Secure.com today. Go to it right now. Create your secure email and use promo code BUCK for 25% off for a whole year. That's S-E-K-U-R.com. S-E-K-U-R.com. Promo code BUCK. We'll be right back with more. Hold the line. Obviously, I love you as a brother. Obviously, I'll never be objective. Obviously, I think you're the best politician in the country. You've always been good at manipulation. You've always been the meatball of the family. I've seen you referred to a little bit recently as the love gov, and I'm wondering if that's bleeding into your demeanor at all, making you a little soft on the president. I called mom just before I came on this show. By the said. way, she said I was her favorite. She never said Good that. news is she said you were her second favorite. I know you like to run around with your ill-fitting jacket. Obviously, I'll never be objective, he says. Then again, he works at CNN, so none of them are. What goes around comes around, folks. Karma has finally mowed down the Cuomo brothers. Former CNN anchor Chris Cuomo abused his position by attempting to dig up information on his brother's sexual harassment accusers. The firing was prompted by new documents released by New York Attorney General Leticia James, which removed any doubt that Chris had transgressed the rules of ethical journalism to save his brother's hide, according to CNN. Let's get into what's really going on here, the reality, the politics, the Machiavellian nature of it all. iHeartRadio talk show host Mark Simone on 710WOR in NYC joins me now. Mark, good to see you. Good to see you. First off, surprised that uh, Chris is out now too. The governor's gone. Chris is gone. Rough times for the Cuomo bros. I'm very surprised it took this long. I predicted uh, they don't both be gone by the end of the year. We're actually ahead of schedule. Uh, unemployment rate among Cuomo brothers now 100%. That's a good uh, thing. Uh, and you'll notice uh, it's like Alec Baldwin. Nobody has come out to defend Andrew Cuomo. Nobody has come out to defend Chris Cuomo, not even Andrew Cuomo. So uh, I think this is not over yet. Though. I heard that he's going to sue CNN, the last thing he needs is to be deposed under oath. They've got all kinds of documents. The law firm did a report. They've caught him. It's documented. I don't know why he's going to sue. I don't, I actually, he probably won't go through with it. So here's the official CNN termination statement, right? Chris Cuomo was suspended earlier this week pending further evaluation of the new information that came to light about his involvement with his brother's defense. We retained a respected law firm to conduct the review and have terminated him effective immediately. Okay, um, please help me out here. What do we know? What I, I've seen some reporting that there was actually a sexual harassment for Chris Cuomo component to this as well. Do we know what, what's going on? Yeah, he, um, uh, he was advising his brother. He was sort of like the crisis manager. That they accepted. But it turned out it was more than just advising and phone calls. Back and forth, he was texting that he was going to use CNN sources, CNN resources to get uh, information about new accusers, to get dirt on those accusers. He lied about that, apparently, 
That's the word. He lied about that to Jeff Zucker. Didn't tell him he was going that far. And the imbecile actually texted all of this back and forth with the Cuomo campaign. Uh, as uh, Paulie said in Goodfellas, you do that over the phone. You don't you don't put yeah. that in writing ever, ever for any reason. So they've got the documents. They've got the text back and forth. He has set the record for worst crisis manager ever. Not only does, does his client still get fired, he got himself fired in the process. You're speaking about these texts, by the way, New York State Attorney General Leticia James leaked some of these, and we gotta to get to the politics of that mark in a second, but leaked the text message evidence showing Chris Cuomo using his journalistic connections with Melissa DeRosa to try and help his brother beat the sexual harassment scandal that forced him to resign as governor. Some of the things in this, really interesting segment, I texted Liz, I've not heard anything. If Ronan has nothing better than Boylan, that's a great sign. To discuss Rowan Convo, did you get any more intel? I mean. So he's basically running, while he's a CNN anchor, the Cuomo propaganda defense for his brother as the governor. Uh, and as you say, it, it is, he, he didn't just do it on the phone, he did it in text, it's in writing. How does he, how does he uh, fight against this? Yeah, originally he made it sound like, and we've all done this, where a politician says, well, what do you think I should say here? What's a good thing to say? And you give him some advice. We thought that's all it was. We didn't realize he was running an opposition research operation out of CNN. He was doing this kind of stuff. This is bad. You can't do this. Uh, and he apparently lied to Jeff Zucker. He didn't tell him the extent of all of this. Now, uh, keep an eye out for Jeff Zucker to have a problem. I hear the law firm report has come down on Zucker saying there was a total lack of management here that he should have been all over this on top of every move Chris Cuomo was making during this period. He should have been micromanaging it, and he wasn't. They may go after Zucker next. A lot of the people at uh, AT&T that just bought Time Warner want Zucker out, and they want the network changed. So, Leticia James releasing this. Now, take us into the, the, into the Democrat on Democrat side of this, if you will, for a second, Mark. I mean, she basically took out Andrew Cuomo, now she's released these texts. She basically takes out Chris Cuomo and she wants to be the next governor of New York, right? How, how does this work out in terms of the, you know, the, the behind the scenes politics of some of these moves that have taken down the brothers Cuomo? Well, that's his argument that it's the attorney general, therefore it's political. She wants to be a candidate. That's her motive. But you can't claim that anymore because there's a big committee in the state legislature in Albany investigating this as well. And they have just in the last week come to exactly the same conclusions. And in fact, it'll probably result in some kind of impeachment if they can still do it. So you got the uh, the investigative committee of the legislature has backed up this report. You got the Albany district attorney who is looking at criminal charges for the sexual harassment of Andrew Cuomo. You got the US Attorney Eastern District investigating. So you've got multiple investigations have all come to the same conclusion. So it's not just Letitia James. And as far as her going after Chris Cuomo, it's his own fault. He got himself involved in this Andrew Cuomo situation. If he's collateral damage, it's because he jumped in with both feet and got involved. And you know, CNN obviously has a black eye over this one, trying to do some damage control is uh, I believe Tucker refers to them as the as the the eunuch of CNN, but she says on Fox News, it makes me laugh every time. But here he is on the Cuomo scandal and whether CNN has lost America's trust. What precedent does this set for the news media? Does this change the way that we think about how reporters and correspondents and anchors 
deal with those personal situations. There's such a, uh, you know, a complicated case here where you have this uh, apparently a, a ABC, a former ABC staffer, someone who worked with Cuomo at ABC, making this allegation. Then you have all these producers who currently work for Cuomo singing his praises, and they are, uh, at least the people I've talked to, quite disappointed that Cuomo's been terminated. So a lot of tension in this. Let's go to David Zerwick next. Ultimately, this is about trust in media, as Sarah was referring to. Trust in media. Has CNN lost trust as a result of this? I mean, who still trusts CNN, Mark? That's what I want to know. Who did before this? You know, the funniest thing, this is a show nobody ever watched. It was in distant third place. It had no audience. This is a bigger show right here. He had no audience. What your radio show, what do you have, like 10, 11 times the audience that he has oh, on yeah. TV? Nobody watched it. And now everybody's talking about it as if he were major news. It's unbelievable. Well, the brothers Cuomo... I, I, can we think of two brothers who have had a bigger fall from grace in a faster period of time, Mark? I can't. Yeah, unfortunately, Alec Baldwin's brothers haven't gotten into trouble. Those would be the only two. In fact, I, Baldwin just changed his name to Cuomo and just joined these guys, become the third Cuomo brother. There we go. Good to see you, Mark. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. The fate of Roe v. Wade is in the hands of the Supreme Court today. So what happens if the high court actually decides to overturn the decade-old decision? Well, a decades-old decision. We'll talk to Danielle D'Souza-Gill about the potential political fallout when we come back. I want to tell you about my digital money. Crypto, right? You can have huge gains, make enormous amounts of money if you get in at the right time. But how do you get started? Bitcoin, Ethereum, there's so many tokens out there. That's where my digital money comes in. It's an easy-to-use, self-trading crypto IRA platform with top-tier customer service. They'll actually answer your phone call and help you get started. Your comfort and security is their absolute top priority. When it comes to your money, you deserve a team of dedicated professionals who have your back, speak to you honestly, and treat you like a human, not a number. That's what you get at My Digital Money. Go to MyDigitalMoney.com. Again, that's MyDigitalMoney.com. Danielle D'Souza-Gill joins us when we come back. The Supreme Court may deliver a dramatic change to abortion in this country when it rules on Dobbs v. Jackson Women's Health Organization potentially allowing states to limit access to the procedure more than ever before. It's difficult to predict the outcome at this point. Observers have suggested the court's conservative majority will strike down decades of precedent following Roe v. Wade, a landmark ruling that made abortion a nationwide right. So what is the potential political fallout if Roe v. Wade gets overturned? Danielle D'Souza-Gill, host of Counterculture with Danielle D'Souza-Gill on the Epic Times, joins me now to discuss. Danielle, good to see you. Good to see you. Thank you. So first off, I, I interviewed Governor Reeves of Mississippi just last week on radio. Here he is on TV talking about the law in his state, which he had a, a direct hand in when he was on the, the uh, state legislature in Mississippi. Uh, so this is something that's very important to him. He told me that. Here he is saying the Supreme Court could, in fact, overturn Roe here. Watch. It is dependent upon how the court rules and and exactly what those opinions uh, allow us to do if in fact uh, Roe is overturned and, and by the way uh, I believe very strongly as do uh, many Americans uh, that the the justices on the Supreme Court today um, could look at the Roe v. Wade case and, and come to the conclusion uh, that the court just simply got it wrong in 1973 uh, if you read the Constitution in, in my opinion there is no guaranteed right to an abortion in our U.S. Constitution. I mean, that is pretty clear. 
It is clear, and that's exactly what Justice Alito brought up, comparing this to Plessy versus Ferguson. Sometimes a decision is wrong, and even if nothing has changed, which I would argue things actually have changed medically, but even if not, a decision can be wrong and thrown into the ash heap of history purely because it was a mistake, as is hopefully the case with Roe v. Wade. And um, I think that that is likely what we'll see with this returning back to the states. It's pretty remarkable to see the way, Danielle, that the left talks about this issue. Um, and it, it strikes me that there, it's not enough that they think about it in a certain way. They really have a hatred for people that believe that the Constitution and, in fact, life here should prevail. Uh, here's MSNBC's Joy Reid calling Republicans a death cult who wave around the pro-life flag. You don't get to be a death cult while waving the pro-life flag, especially when the flag was never about abortion to begin with. Republicans love to say that they're pro-life, but the more accurate term is that they're pro-birth. Because once that baby is born, they stop caring. And depending on the color of your skin, they may not even see you as fully human. I mean, I hear this argument a lot, and you know, I even saw Jake Tapper at CNN make some version of it with the uh, governor of Mississippi, that why do you just, you know, it, to me, it's the biggest distraction and non sequitur imaginable. Why are you trying to stop babies from being killed in the womb, but you won't do things like social welfare state stuff when they're, I, I don't even know, what are they even talking about? This just seems like idiocy. Exactly. I mean, Amy Coney Barrett, when she was um, speaking to, I think, Julie Rickleman, she said, you know, what about safe haven laws? Even if this is your body, even if you have autonomy over your body, what about the fact that after it's born, it can go up for adoption? What about the fact that there are um, about 20 parents waiting to adopt for every child available? And so it's not really about the fact that we don't care about the child outside the womb. We absolutely do. And that's why it should be with a family that wants to raise it and care for it. We don't want to force anyone um, to have to raise a child that they don't want. Other people will raise them who want to adopt them. But I think when we're talking about this bodily autonomy issue, we see that regardless, whether it's abortion or by birth, the child will be removed from the womb. One side is arguing that it will be removed as a dead child. And one side is arguing that it should be removed alive and not killed. And we should let it um, grow up and live its life. And so I think that they are the death cult. And uh, Danielle, there are other states as well where this is also playing out, this, this fight over uh, abortion and all of the different laws around it. Kentucky is one of them. They actually have a Democrat governor, uh, Bashir in Kentucky, who he thinks the abortion trigger law is wrong. Watch this. I believe that's wrong. And I believe even most of the people in Kentucky believe that's wrong. So I would hope we would see a change, but I would certainly uh, veto anything that doesn't provide options in the very least for, for those individuals. Pretty remarkable that, that even in a red state, you'd have a governor who takes that position on the life issue. But just to show everybody how it is state by state already uh, a major legal fight. Absolutely. And I think we've seen um, with the radical left, they literally believe that even at 15 weeks, almost four months into pregnancy, that that is still not enough time to find an abortion. The fact that they will still not back down, the fact that they think that even that is something that is so extreme, I think shows us that they are not only against adoption, but they are even for late term abortion. And so I think if this goes back to the states, we're only going to see very radical states having those kind of laws at that point. And the politics of this for a second, I mean, we're talking about something that's as, as foundational to civilization and morality as protection of life, but the politics of this are going to play, obviously, it, it, a huge role. I mean, it's fraught with politics, not just legal analysis 
and the Supreme Court here stepping in. Um, Danielle, there are some who are concerned that given the Biden administration having just rock bottom poll numbers in a variety of areas, uh, looking like it's losing momentum all over the place, that if Roe gets overturned or even the prospect of it being overturned could be a huge injection, so to speak, into the arm of, although these days I feel like that analogy comes with way too much, it could be a boost uh, for folks on the left. This, this would be momentum for them from the, the overturning of Roe. Do you see it that way or do you think that the other side of it, the galvanizing effect it would have on the right and the pro-life movement would either cancel that political side of it out and perhaps even surpass it? I think it would galvanize the pro-life side and most moderate people because most people are not in favor of these radical abortion laws. And so not only would we see our side galvanized after you know, kind of having a bit of a depressing year, I think we really need a big win. But I also think for people on the left, um, you know, they are doing so badly. They still have to reckon with the fact that they're in a Biden-Harris administration. And this has been a horrible year for most Americans. And so um, I, I really don't think this is going to give them a big push. Perhaps a few, um, you know, on the radical left will see this as a reason to turn out. But they think the independents are going to turn out over something like this. And I just don't think that that's the case. Danielle, thanks for being with us. Thank you. The latest insanity from the land down under, Australians don't have to wear masks on their front porch or balcony, but if they dare step out onto the sidewalk or lawn without a mask on, they can be issued a $5,000 fine. I mean, there are no words, but we'll try to find some. It's coming up in quick hits. But let's discuss protecting the most important asset you own, your home. You have homeowner's insurance for a good reason, because without it, a fire, flood, or burglary could destroy you financially. But there's another major crime your homeowner's policy doesn't cover. It's called home title fraud. The FBI calls home title fraud one of the fastest growing crimes, and it can ruin you financially, which is why you need home title lock. Title fraud happens when a criminal forges your signature on documents stating you sold your home to him. Then he takes out loans against your home and leaves you with the payments. You'll spend a fortune in legal fees trying to prove you didn't commit fraud. Home Title Lock puts a barrier around your home's title. The instant they detect anyone from a cyber thief, a renter, relative, anybody trying to forge their way onto your home's title, they shut it down. Go to HomeTitleLock.com and register your address to see if you're already a victim. Enter RADIO for 30 free days of protection. That's code RADIO at HomeTitleLock.com. Code RADIO at HomeTitleLock.com. We'll be right back with Quick Hits. Once again, Jen Psaki blames the pandemic for the massive rise in crime. And according to Trader Joe's, cookies are now non-binary. We'll explain in quick hits. Uh, you may have noticed something, that there's a lot of videos these days um, from people's phones or even surveillance cameras of lots of large-scale thefts going on. People breaking into high-end stores, sometimes in broad daylight, dozens of them, in a coordinated mass theft operation. They'll do this at fancy handbag stores, jewelers, you name it. And they'll make off with hundreds of thousands of dollars of stolen goods. And they're doing this particularly in cities that are very blue, very Democrat, where there are perhaps progressive prosecutors, like uh, San Francisco with Chesa Boudin, for example, who has decided if you've stolen less than 900 bucks, we're not going to arrest you. Oh, well, normal people see this and say maybe Democrat ideas are really bad on this. Jen Psaki sees this and says, yeah, but like, there's like a pandemic. 
Uh, the Justice Department, the FBI, and federal law enforcement have been working with local jurisdictions, especially areas like Los Angeles, San Francisco, and others where we've seen a rash of break-ins to offer their assistance and provide assistance through multi-jurisdictional task forces. Uh, we know that we've seen over the course of time, while we'll let other people determine what the cause and effect is, we know we've seen an increase in crime over the course of the pandemic. We've seen that timeline. Uh, yeah, why? Other countries have actually seen a dramatic decrease in crime during the pandemic, especially when you add lockdowns into it. You should think, hold on, fewer people out and about, fewer people mixing. In public, there should be less opportunity for assaults, thefts, shootings. No, they're up. Why is that going on? Gee, I wonder. Maybe the whole defund the police thing wasn't such a good idea. So this was amazing. Australian woman, Australian woman is being told by officials and she videotaped it. Australia shows just what, what the libs, if they could get away with it in America, if they had the political backing, and they're close, but they're not quite there. If they had the political backing, how crazy would they go over COVID? Well, check this out. It's an official warning that you have to stand above and obey the rules while you get, yeah? And that's, we have to go to the rules again. I don't care. So am I allowed to go to the background. laundry? You're allowed to go to the laundry, but you've got to wear more, yeah? Yeah, right yeah. On. And you definitely can't go up the fencing road, but you like to go to the laundry, yeah? That's always been the case, yeah? Right, so if I was sitting just here, which is right near the fence, why are these guys in a cabin that's right near the fence? It makes no sense, does it? Yeah, but you can't leave your balcony to go to the fence to talk to somebody else. Yeah? While you're here, can we just do that? Otherwise, the next time it's a $5,000 fine. We don't want to do that. It's a $5,000 fine, fine if what? If, if you breach again. If, if I walk out onto that, Huh. Without your mask on, for With, no reason, If I cross that yellow line that I've broken the rule, I will be issued with a $5,000 fine. That's correct. That's in a quarantine camp, to be very clear. So that's her makeshift or her assigned housing unit in a quarantine camp in Australia. A $5,000 fine for being alone outside without a mask on. These people are crazy. The ones enforcing this should be ashamed. They are a disgrace. They are enforcing a form of mass mental illness on other people. And now Trader Joe's, where people say you can get quality food at a reasonable price. And I haven't been in a little while, I've been in the past. Trader Joe's has mini gingerbread people instead of gingerbread men now, I guess. The, so I'm supposing this is a change, gingerbread people? Cookies are non-binary. Are we sure they didn't, are we sure this is a political thing? I don't know. Maybe they just made it people. Uh, I'm not sure, but whatever. Traitor, we, we put it in there, so that's a thing. Oh, Trump had some choice words about former chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, Mark Milley, over the Afghanistan situation. This was at Mar-a-Lago, check it out. Nine million, we have 60, 70 million dollar plans. You mean you think it's cheaper to leave it there so they can have it? than it is to fill it up with a half a tank of gas and fly it into Pakistan or fly it back to our country. You think, yes, sir, we think it's cheaper, sir. That's when I realized he was a f***ing idiot. <laughs> Trump's good with the words. That's ever tonight's Hold the Line. The No Spin News at Bill O'Reilly is next. Shields high.